Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Wow. That's the fallout from Sunday in Dallas. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. we got a Monday night double dip tonight. It's not even week one. I'm sure you guys know the situation with the Chiefs and the Pats. By the way, all negative tests around, fellas. Negative tests for the Pats. They're on their way en route to Kansas City now. Our Diana Rossini boots on the ground at Arrowhead Stadium said all good for the Chiefs. That game is going to happen on CBS at 7 Eastern, 8.50 tonight, a little bit later than normal on ESPN for the Falcons and the Packers. So get the remote ready. The Cowboys are down 27, fellas. They cut it to three. Wasn't enough. The Bucks were down 17. They rallied to win. We'll talk about TB12 and company in just one moment. But, Key, what did you take away, your biggest takeaway from the Cowboys and the Browns yesterday on either side? Well, you know what? I, I just saw the video just now from the TV standpoint, and Amari Cooper ran a slant, and Dak Prescott tried to put it in there between two people. But Amari Cooper didn't go and get the ball. He kind of pulled up because the safety was coming down. Make it a bang-bang play. You're going to get hit. You, you may jar the ball loose. Instead, it gets intercepted. I just I hate seeing receivers do stuff like that. What I take away from it is that the Cleveland Browns are a better football team than the Dallas Cowboys. They're a better football team. Wow. They're coached better. Uh, this is not the same team from week one. Week one, you you looked at them against Baltimore and was like, damn. And then they got better and better and better. And you could tell that the head coach, Kevin Stefanski, certainly is implementing some of the things that he did in Minnesota. They come out the gate. They know that they got to get the football into the playmakers' hands and OBJ. He delivered two touchdowns in the air, one on the ground. I mean, you you just – you 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 look at this football team. They got a recipe for success. They got Landry. They got OBJ. When Chubb is healthy, they got him in the backfield. They got Kareem Hunt in the backfield. Baker Mayfield doesn't have to act as though he needs to win the game. They can win the game for him. The defense of Miles Garrett when they get Greedy Williams back at the corner. You got Denzel Ward at the other corner. I know they lost uh, the safety from LSU that they drafted, but this team is is going to make it real tough on Baltimore and Pittsburgh in that central division. Yeah. North. No, north. Why did I call Old it school. Central? It wasn't yeah. the central. Oh, central division. Yeah, Back you got in it. Whatever, north. Back in the day. It's just really good to see them hitting all cylinders. And you see how how talented of a team they have. Actually, knowing the fact that Nick Chubb only got six carries and was out of the game and they still ran the ball for the amount of yards they ran the ball for, granted against Dallas's defense, which is horrific, it's very problematic for them moving forward. But think about the AFC North. I mean, think about the Steelers, a team that could win the Super Bowl. Think about the Baltimore Ravens, a team that could win the Super Bowl. The Browns are stepping up, a team whose talent is actually living up to fruition. And then you have the Bengals and Joe Burrow, who's going to break records. I mean, it is moving in the right direction. All four teams are, are pretty pretty impressive. I think what happens, though, with the, the Browns is because the expectations for the last several years have been so high based on the talent right. that they've – accumulated in all the draft picks and all the different stuff and the movements that they were uh, doing that people kind of just gave up on this new regime. Now people going to try to jump on and ride the wave. As long as they just keep doing what they did in the summer, no noise coming out of training camp. It was just kind of like Baker Mayfield wasn't doing a whole lot of interviews. It was quiet. Workman life. It was just, they went about business and positive results. Well, on the flip side, and you look across the team on the other side, whether it was Dak's contract situation, whether it was drafting C.D. Lamb, hiring new coaches, the hype machine was rolling again. And everybody said that the Cowboys, this is their year, this is their year. 
I thought it would be that year based on hiring of uh, Mike Nolan, based on hiring Mike McCarthy, a former Super Bowl winning coach who coached quarterbacks well, and Aaron Rodgers. I just felt like this team wouldn't be sitting at one and three, that they would be above 500. But that's not the case. Just now, back through now, 500 yards, man. Well, yeah, but now they look, they're going to be looking at each other and pointing fingers at each other. This is when things they desperately need. The Giants, are, where's the game? Here or there? Dallas. I think it's in, it's in Dallas. It's in New York? It's in Dallas. It's, it's in, in Dallas. Dallas. So they yep. need the Giants to come into Dallas and drop one to get them feeling good again. That's what they need. As for Cleveland, they will host Indy this week, so we'll see if they can keep it going and make it four in a row. And then just, the Steelers after that. Oof. Just to recap our top stories, we want to make sure everybody is aware this Monday morning, if you're just getting up, going to work, going to school, whatever it is, Pat's testing negative, they're on the way. Chiefs testing negative, they're ready to host the Pats tonight. And maybe most importantly of all, the Tennessee Titans, no new positive tests in their facility at this point on a Monday morning. The facility's still not open. They do play the Buffalo Bills or are scheduled to play the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. We'll see whether that game goes off. We're asking Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, which team you learned more about yesterday. Jay said the Cowboys, and Key said the Browns. 54% of you that have voted with us on our Dr. Pepper Twitter feed say... You learned more about the Cowboys, including Jackson Allen at Jackson Allen, who hit us up. Here's his thoughts. Your thoughts hit us up. Send it on the Twitter feed. We might mention it on television or radio. Every single year, we have to hear about how good the Cowboys are going to be. If this was a championship based on potential, they'd have four rings. When can we admit Zeke, Dak, Cooper, and the rest are not just good enough? Although they get paid as if they are. Great point. You can vote. Let your voice be heard. Key, J, and Z. On the other side, the Cowboys had the deficit. They couldn't come back. The Bucks were down 17. They rallied to beat the Chargers 38-31. Justin Herbert's ascent. That's another story in and of itself. One day we'll talk about the young kid from Oregon is acquitting himself really well. But, uh, by the way, when Brady started his first game, Justin Herbert, two years old. Wow. <laughs> just, just bringing that up. Wow. Jeez. When Brady started, Justin Herbert was two years old. Here's Brady after the game, five touchdown passes, looking like the old Tom. Uh, we remember on what made the rally possible. I was pretty uh, – we put ourselves in a pretty good hole. And uh, just we're going to have to dig our way out of it. And that's just the way football works sometimes. And just got to tighten some things up. Uh, glad we came back. Started the game well, finished the game well. We just, that middle part, we got to figure out how to play 60 minutes well. So for those uh, shoveling dirt on Tom Brady after week one, might want to reassess the situation. They were, yeah. It didn't look they good were. He threw that pick six. I got word. Right <laughs> yeah, but gate. you don't worry about guys like that, though, man. He knows how to play. It, I, it, I, it, I know. I'm just it, saying it was 24-7, to No, I understand. Like, no, I get oh, it. But, you know, but a guy like that knows how to play. It's a new system, new players around him. He's got to get a feel for him. There was no real – as much as he tried to put a team together in the offseason and go out and throw, it's not the same as playing in a game. Not even preseason. I'm talking about a regular season game. So you could see the defenses and you could kind of get an understanding of what they're trying to do to you. You can anticipate what they potentially could be doing down the line. And so when you look at it, he started five touchdowns to five different receivers. He got Mike Evans involved. I think Mike Evans had seven for 122 in a touchdown. So when you start to get – and he was without Godwin. So yep. imagine if he put that into the lineup. And so when you look at it, it's one of those deals where – Tom Brady, I don't worry about Tom Brady. So, Zubin, I have a question for you. Go ahead. I, I get a little bit confused because I feel like, once again, this narrative could be used for convenience that kind of suits you for whatever direction your team is going. So, with Tom Brady, we're saying, well, he came up well, look, guys, this will be our third preseason game. You got to give us time. You know, we now they got to win, right? But then in Dallas, it, we don't have the same 
patience for them because they lose even though Dak throws for crazy yards. Their offense is clicking, but their defense. So it's like you're using a narrative that fits your convenience per team. But the, they're about to call them the Dallas Buccaneers. The, the Tampa Bay Bucks <laughs> aren't losing football games. I understand. The Cowboys are. So the Cowboys can't say we don't have a preseason, blah, blah, blah. That's why we're losing. All time, even though that is a reality, though, even though that is a reality, most dudes don't even play during the preseason significant time. Okay, just saying the gaps that you have, the reps that you will get. But look at it though this way, Jay Will. Tom Brady's not saying he's just saying that we're getting sharp over time. We're gonna be that much better. That's what he's telling you when he starts saying. There was no real preseason. I'm not saying that the Dallas Cowboys are, are as good as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, that shows in their record right now. The talent-wise, they're close. All I'm just saying is it's funny how we use the narratives that kind of, even if you win or lose, it's like all of a sudden we forget that we're going through a very not normal-like year. And no, that, right? that, and that's very true. Come like, we, hey, look, look, though, we're we going through a not normal year. Was the Cowboys going through a not normal year the last how many years? 25 years? I agree with you on Since that. I agree with you on that. So I'm what's the— What's the excuse there, right? The Seattle's in the same situation. They rolling and winning. Buffalo's in the same situation. They rolling and winning. New England, Kansas City. So everybody's in the same predicament. No training camps, no preseasons, a very short training camps, no OTAs. Everybody's in the same. But some teams are better than others. Some teams are coached better than others. And that's what you see when you see the Bucks versus the Tampa Bay, I mean, versus the Dallas Cowboys. There's That's no, what you're looking at. There's no doubt about it. One quick note on the oldies but goodies. Among the veteran quarterbacks who changed teams this offseason, the very prominent ones, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton, Nick Foles, they're now a combined 9-3 and three. since that first week of the season. Everybody kind of got off to a tough start. Obviously, Foles didn't even play in week one since Mitchell Trubisky was the Bears quarterback. So they Nick have Foles. suddenly <laughs> – that's another story too. They've suddenly found their footing. In one minute – we will talk about a college football playoff staple that has already probably put themselves out of the mix for college football's grandest stage. But first, let's go from A to Z. So Jay was all over the NBA last night, but we should also mention the WNBA finals are going on. Brianna Stewart scored 22, the Seattle Storm 104-91 over the Las Vegas Aces. The WNBA finals, if you're not familiar, it's best of five. So this win gave Seattle a 2-0 lead. They can wrap it up and sweep their way to the championship Tuesday at 7 Eastern on ESPN. WA, NBA MVP Asia Wilson, who happens to play for the Las Vegas Aces and needs to figure out what to do to get her squad back in the series, she's going to join the show coming up at 9.45 a.m. Eastern. So once again, the Storm can taste another title. Now, this is a big story people aren't talking about. Alexander Zverev. Fresh off a U.S. Open final appearance in tennis, was playing in the French Open. Yes, the French Open is going on right now. Lost his match after the match that he was, quote, completely sick. And he had been dealing with a fever and struggling to actually breathe. He said he shouldn't have played. French Open officials said he didn't tell us he was sick. We should mention cases in the country of France are rising after falling throughout most of Europe, as you've seen, but cases on the rise around the world. And again, French Open officials wanted to make clear that he did not tell us he was feeling ill, but Zverev said he should not have been out there. Very interesting. Going ahead and pushing ahead when everybody else is telling you to exhibit some level 
of caution. And the Oklahoma Sooners dropped out of the Associated Press College football poll for the first time in four years, more than four years. The Sooners lost to Iowa State for the first time since 1960. Great game. Cyclone sealed it with a big interception late Saturday night. They'd lost to Kansas State before that. It's their first two-game regular losing streak in 21 years. The Sooners will head into the Red River rivalry game against Texas as an unranked team, and right now the Longhorns ain't looking great either. Iowa State was more driven than Oklahoma was certainly this weekend. If you saw it on ABC, big Saturday night game, more driven brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Again, we'll talk NFL, Monday night football, both games, I guess you could say it now, with Lou Riddick coming up at 930. Of course, he a part of the Monday night crew. Key, you follow college football as close as anyone. Yes, that is correct. I know. They had that first win with Spencer Rattler, the new, brand new Oklahoma quarterback. Then they blew a huge lead to Kansas State to fall to 1-1. One one. They lose in Ames, Iowa. Iowa State traditionally, to believe it or not, the last couple of years has actually played Oklahoma pretty tough, but let's be real. One side's Iowa State, one side's Oklahoma. The Sooners are now 1-2. and two. The only explanation I can come up with is Lincoln Riley's a tremendous head coach. Their defense is atrocious, but all the defenses in the Big 12 are terrible. Um, look, he had Baker Mayfield grizzled. He had Jalen Hurts, not grizzled at Oklahoma, but grizzled, played big-time games. He had Kyler Murray, played in big-time games. Right now, they're rolling out a super young, talented, but super young kid, and they're paying the price. They, they are, but it's the Big 12, right? And it's Oklahoma. Every year, they're going to score a whole bunch of points, and they're going to give up a whole bunch of points because their defense is, again, I'll, to the Kyles come home, I'll say it, the air raid offense will kill your defense, period. <laughs> it's just what it is. It, it, it when you look at it, for whatever it is with these offenses, they score a whole lot of points. But in the end, their defense give up a whole lot of points. Mm-hmm. And it sounds cute. I don't want to see Oklahoma in the damn playoffs again. What happens every time they're in the playoffs? They never won a game in the playoffs. They go home. Right. They never won uh, game. Give Not somebody else a chance. It's just like Notre Dame. Like, give somebody else a chance to get beat up in the playoffs by Clemson or Alabama or something. Give another team a shot. I got another team. Same thing with Texas. I don't don't tell me Texas football is back. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear it. Think about this. People don't think about this now. Think back about four years ago when Texas uh, fired Charlie Strong, their head coach, and they had an opening. And at that time, LSU also had an opening. And you're thinking about what we're going to do. How is this going to work? Tom Herman. Tom Herman was up for the Texas job. And the LSU job. So yeah. he could have had either because he was on fire. He had been the head coach at Houston. They'd done a great job. They'd upset Florida State. They'd beaten the Sooners. He had done more with less, and he had a lot of momentum. He was recruiting guys. So he could have taken Texas or LSU. It's quiet now. It is. He took Texas. Yes. And then guess what happened? LSU settled for Ed Orgeron. Yes. And who has done better at their respective? Eddie Who's o. got the national championship? Eddie O. Who's got the natty, right? Eddie. That's the That's bottom right. line. Let me ask you this. Trey Lance, this is a big story a lot of people weren't paying attention to over the weekend. There's just so much going on in sports. Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State, uh, same school as Carson Wentz, and the FCS is not playing football this year, but they played one game to get this guy some run because he's a serious NFL prospect. They played Central Arkansas. They won the game. It was kind of a one-shot deal. Scouts from all over the league were there. Here's where he finished. It was uneven, but the circumstances are weird, right? And they all went to Fargo to watch him. 15 for 30, 149 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. He also had 143 rushing yards, two touchdowns on 15 carries. I just want to kind of ask you, kind of take me back to that big moment. I don't know if you had like a pro day or whatever it was. I mean, this is his shot. This is like his one shot. You may not have done it against live competition like he did, but what do you make of this sort of one-off to try to get a grasp on guys like they've seen Lawrence a ton, you've seen Fields a ton, 
People just haven't seen this guy. Well, no, they, they've seen him enough, right? But they also want to see some more stuff. Like, and this gives him an opportunity. Uh, just because his stat line wasn't great doesn't mean that you didn't see his ability. You got a chance to see his ability run, uh, you know, throw the football, get out on the perimeter, you know, run the ball a little bit, be showed some of that athleticism. And when you look at it, everybody's in there. Now they can assess him for the senior bowl. If, if there is a senior bowl, which I think there will be, he goes to the senior bowl. He performs in front of him at the senior bowl. He goes to the combine. He performs in the combine. The, all of that will match the tape of what they have. And then they can make an adjust, make an assessment on what they believe he is. He's a fascinating player, fascinating school, fascinating situation. A couple of guys have been in the NFL from North Dakota State, notably Carson Wentz and uh, Easton Stick. Just Big don't Q. compare him to Carson Wentz. Yet. Big QB though, six four, two hundred and twenty five pounds. So yeah, yeah. Don't compare him to. Don't look at what Carson's been doing in the NFL and then say, ah, oh, he's going to be just like Cart because that might not right. go over well. Right. Yeah. Unless, unless it's the money. He'd love to Carson's money. Keyshawn J. Wills has been brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Let's talk NBA. Jay, any reason to be concerned? Yes, I, I think they should. It, it felt like Miami snatched the life out of the Lakers the other day. It was rare that I saw a Lakers team quibble with each other. Uh, looks of uncertainty. LeBron James was not only disappointed in his performance, I think he was disappointed in his team's performance drastically with the lack thereof sense of urgency, Key. And AD got in foul trouble still. It just felt like the Lakers settled for a ton of three-point shots. And Jimmy Butler, he needed to have an AI-like performance, Allen Iverson-like performance, really just took the game in his own hands. I mean, Tyler Hero scored. Kelly Olenek outplayed Anthony Davis. And I know it's one game, but you have to say, I was shocked. Look, guys, I'm going to be real with everybody here. I had planned... Family, where are we going away on Wednesday? This series was over. It was going to be a sweep. I was going to take my family away. No more working early in the mornings, late nights anymore. It was done. But I also didn't feel like this is one of the, the worst series I was watching in a while. I was like, this is it's a blowout every single game. Last night had me on the edge of my seat because Jimmy Butler said, no, LeBron, I'm going to take it from you. Like, they took it last night without two of their best players that combined for over 40 points a game. Mm. Put that in perspective. No Goran Dragic, no Bam Adebayo. I don't even know what the Lakers were favorite last night. And their defense, they played with a sense of urgency. I think they were favored by it. nine. Is that I right? I think it was nine, wasn't it? I don't know. I, and I, look, because I, I didn't even – that's nine. when you know I thought it was over. I didn't even look at the spread. When I don't look at the spread, you know I think it's over. Well, look, here, here's what I would say. They played flat. They didn't play their best basketball last night, period. And, and – you look at the, the stat line, the box scores, and you look at Morris, and you look at Marquise Morris, and you look at uh, Kuz, and they have both had 19 points, so you automatically assume that he got help. LeBron James, top two top five dudes, he got help. No, he didn't get help. AD didn't play. Then when you think about people like uh, Danny Green's got to hit the long jumpers. He looked bad. He looked bad. He was 0 for 6. Okay? That, that, that's not good. Then when you talk about KCP, he didn't add anything Rondo had an off night. That's just it. Now, do I think that they're going to come out tomorrow and have that same clunker? No, absolutely not. So those people that are out there are thinking, when I say that he needs help, oh, well, if LeBron James, if they're the one and they played this way, you wouldn't say that. No, I would say they need help. Because if, it, if they're putting out there what they did last night, again tomorrow night, they're going to get run out of the building. Everybody contributed in the first two games. 
everybody was cooking, whether it was a Rondo, a AD, a KCP, Danny Green knocking down shots, Caruso playing both ends of the floor. that's the point, though, Key. Everybody was shooting the ball extremely well. You guys they haven't was, had a game. They was doing extremely well. Last night, that wasn't the case. He was basically out there by himself. Yes, Kuz gave him 19 points, but them points and stuff like that doesn't matter if it's coming late in games, if it's coming when, the, when it's out of reach. Can I say something, Key? And look, I, I know that he was in foul trouble. I know that he had some turnovers early, but I felt like last night I was watching the Anthony Davis that played back in New Orleans. Like the guy that was a little bit passive. He had two shot attempts in the first half. He had one rebound. He had 11 minutes. I'm like, all right, AD. Like, it's it's also, everybody has a game, right? Yeah, everybody well, has a like, clunker. You know, I was talking to Paul Pierce and Jay Rose about this, and, you know, I've had multiple conversations with a lot of star athletes about this. All right, you might have a game, but you don't go out going out. You're going to go out. You're being aggressive. And I just felt like a little bit AD, granted, because of foul trouble, wasn't aggressive like you need him to be, regardless of whether you have a good game or not. Always remain aggressive. Yeah, well, he hasn't been consistent on the aggressive side, though. Well, that's what I mean, I'm saying. He just hasn't. He's kind of. They were catching him. They were. They were catching him at the top, and, we, and he never got to get down low. And he wasn't fighting his way down low. He wasn't LeBron James in his way down low, like you've seen in Game Two, Game One, a closeout series against uh, Denver, where he was fighting his way to get on the blocks. I mean, and maybe he just you know, felt like it was a jump-shooting type night for him. The nine-point underdogs you mentioned in Game 3 was the second-largest finals upset Look in the last you know 30 years. Betting, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the only one bigger, Key? You remember it? Huh? The only one bigger. Oh, yeah. Sixers over the Lakers, Game 1 mm. of the NBA Finals almost 20 years ago. Still AI. to come. <laughs> yep, yep, AI, for sure. Still to come. Monday night game. One was on the books for months. One got on the books just in the last few hours. Monday night's Lou Riddick breaks down both. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We're always better when we have Lou Riddick join us. Monday Night Football's Lou Riddick joins the show for the Monday Night Football preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All right, Lou, we got a double dip tonight here on ESPN for Monday Night Football. We'll get into the Chiefs and the Pats here in a second, but i got to ask you first, uh, Falcons, Packers, you, Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, Lisa Salters, on the call, when you're looking at the tape of Aaron Rodgers in 2020, what are you seeing? I'm seeing a Hall of Fame. I'm seeing a gold jacket. I'm seeing a guy who is so happy and calm and in control and in command of this offense now in his second year in it that 
he, he's playing on a whole on a whole new level right now, and and that's 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 amazing to say considering everything that he's accomplished in his career already. But he now, you know, given what he did this off season with Matt Lafleur as far as spending time with him, you know, via Zoom and remotely, as far as working through some of the things that he really likes to do as far as being a quarterback is concerned and what Matt was actually trying to get done, that they didn't have a real offseason to, to kind of like go through, you know, initially. And when he was able to do that this just this past offseason and talking to him, you know, leading up to this game, he said he's now really at a good spot as far as, you know, combining what he used to do in the old offense to what Matt LaFleur brought, brought in here to the current offense and what you're seeing is the results. And many people expected him to start that – that inevitable slide downhill this year, especially considering that they hadn't added anybody on the perimeter in terms of big-name wide receiver uh, help, they couldn't be totally more wrong about how this team is trending. And when you combine it with their running game, this offense looks legit. It really does. Speaking of trending, and obviously the Packers are trending and Aaron Rodgers is trending in the right direction. On the other side, the Atlanta Falcons (laughs) and that defense – in coach and mm-hmm. in, in just everything that's been going on and trending in the wrong direction. What are you yep. seeing from them that continues to put themselves in this type of predi- type of predicament? Yeah, I think Keyshawn, it's the same things that you've seen quite honestly, since, you know, Dan Quinn took over in crucial moments. That is, they don't have a dominant closer as far as pass rush is concerned. You know, Grady Jarrett, as good as he is on the interior, he just doesn't have a running mate on the, on the perimeter that, you could say, look, you two guys get it done. We got the lead. The other teams have to throw the football, get it done, get people on the ground. They don't have that. And secondly, in the back end, they, they just don't have players on the perimeter at corner and at safety who just can make plays on the ball or who will make plays on the ball when they consistently need to be made. And they've been there to be made. And when you look at the Bears game last week, I mean – there's what there's the touchdown to uh, or rather a pass to Jimmy Graham where there's three guys. Three guys right in front of him that could have picked the ball. Three. And they all missed it. All three of them. There's a touchdown to Allen Robinson where, you know, the corner, Isaiah Oliver, should really that, it should be tackled for a minimal gain, and Allen Robinson breaks the tackle and scores a touchdown. I mean, those are the kind of things that they just aren't doing on that side of the ball. They just aren't finishing plays. And Dan Quinn has told us that that's what it's come down to. It's come down to finish that for one reason or another they haven't been able to. And unless you start, unless they start doing that, all the good things that they do on the offensive side of the ball are just going to go for nothing. There's going to be empty stats at the end of the year, and it'll wind up resulting in you know people losing jobs because we know it's a bottom line league. And people, and Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons, isn't going to want to hear that stuff anymore. I mean, he's he's been through enough heartbreak. The city's been through enough heartbreak. That team's been through enough that where they just can't they can't put up with it much longer. So tonight's big for them. Lewis, let's talk about Patriots at Chiefs. Patriots traveling there today to play. How will the Chiefs be preparing for Brian Hoyer on short notice considering that he'll start in place of Cam Newton? Yeah, I think they'll be, they'll be prepared for a much more traditional offense, Jay. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll have to go back in the archives. I'm sure there were some long nights or a long night last night spent by Steve Spagnuolo, the D.C. down there in, in Casey as far as just looking at the kind of things that Brian has done at previous stops in his career and making sure that they tailor their game plan to towards going against a quarterback who's a more traditional drop-back passer who doesn't have the running ability that Cam does. I mean, they're not going to run quarterback power, quarterback draw with, with Brian Hoyer. So it'll be more traditional. You know, they have, them, they have a resume on Josh McDaniels as a play caller anyway with a much more traditional quarterback. 
and they'll adjust on the fly. I mean, that's what 2020 is, right? I mean, 2020 is nothing but adjusting on the fly, adjusting the things that you can't foresee. And that's just what they're going to have to do, and they're going to have to figure some of it out on the run as the game happens. When you when you look at, uh, Lewis, you look at the Cleveland Browns sitting at 3-1. and one. They went, took care of business in Cowboy Stadium yesterday. Are we seeing a different Cleveland Brown team overall? Are they here for the long haul now? Yeah, I mean, that, that's interesting, man, because I think – I mean, you know how this is, Keisha. I mean, once you start having some success – and you actually start going, oh, okay, so we not, we're not just going to lose every game. We're not just predestined to lose all the time. We're not, you know, an embarrassment to ourselves, to this city, to the league. I think that, that kind of feeds on itself. And, I mean, and then when they look around, I mean, they know, they know that they're a lot better individually than they have shown collectively. And I, I think as long as they keep it all within context and they don't get outside of themselves and start thinking – you know, yeah, we've turned this thing around now. We're, we're good. And they keep putting in the work. Yeah, I mean, they're a talented team now. I mean, you see, I mean, look, they had, they got running backs. They got receivers. They got a quarterback who, when he's on his game, and they kind of called the game the way he needs to have it called for him. They can put the ball where they need to. They got pass rushers. They got playmakers in the secondary. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse for them anymore. There, there just isn't. You, you, they, they can't just say, well, we're just, pre, you know, we're just predestined to lose because we're the Browns, and that's how we've been recently. That, that doesn't work anymore. I'm hoping they can keep it in context and keep moving forward. Because what they did to Dallas, I mean, what they did to Dallas is, is, is something that, look, I think the questions need to be asked to the Dallas Cowboys right now, not really the Cleveland Browns. And that's kind of weird to say. But Dallas got some issues. They've got some issues. Cleveland is on the right track. Dallas is not. Fair enough. There's no question about it. Hey, Lou, it's just like week one. It's a Monday night double dip, and your crew has the second game, although we weren't expecting it this time around. So we'll see the Pats and the Chiefs and you, Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and Lisa Salters from Green Bay for the Falcons and the Packers. Look forward to watching you tonight as always. Thanks, Lou. No doubt, guys. Thank you. Real quick, the Pats are 10.5-point underdogs. This is for you, Jay. The Pats are 10.5-point underdogs tonight against the Chiefs. The Pats haven't been this big of an underdog at all since Super Bowl thirty six in 2002, wow. which actually ended up being their first title under Bill Belichick. So it has been 18 years since they have been this sort of underdog. The Monday Night Football Preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's Home Quote Explorer. Quote and buy all online at Progressive.com. Still to come, an MVP on the brink of elimination. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. 
See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. It's about time to talk a little WNBA. Keyshawn J. Wills, you've been presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests joining us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. That includes one of the best players the WNBA's ever had, Asia Wilson. I remember watching her in college. Amazing player there as well. She's a forward for the Las Vegas Aces, who right now are down 0-2 in the WNBA Finals. So they are on the brink. The WNBA Finals is a best of five in Florida. They're taking on the Seattle Storm, who might win the championship tomorrow night, 7 Eastern on ESPN, unless Asian company can rally. So we'll see. She was on the WNBA first team this year. Great, great career. First things first here. For people in Asia that are just sort of tuning in, right now you're in an 0-2 deficit. What should people know about this final series between the Aces and the Storm? I think they should know that it's like it's going to be a good matchup. Uh, it's always been. Uh, we went to five games before, uh, so we have been in this situation before. So, you know, we're used to this kind of having our backs against the walls and, you know, the win-or-go-home game. So, uh, we're just going to go out there and have some fun. Uh, you really know the pressure's not really on us. So we just go out there and do it. Asia, Jay Williams here. Congratulations on making it to the finals. I know you guys are down 0-2, mm-hmm. but what can you guys do to slow down Stewie and Brianna Stewart, I say our full name, and come back to win the series? I think our biggest thing is just focusing on, I guess, the people around her. Uh, I mean, Stewie's going to be the type of player that's going to – I mean, she's one of the greats. So she, of course, she's going to find ways to do whatever the defense throws at her, she's going to counter it. That's the whole point. Uh, but, you know, the biggest thing is if we can just slow down the company around her, I think that will be helping us. But at the same time, I think it's really just with our defense. I think we kind of get lost within that. So if we execute that, I feel like, and stay within our system, I think we're there. What has the final uh, experience been like, especially in this MVP season for you? Uh, it's been a lot of fun, honestly. I, I'm not the type that's like, oh, I'm happy to be here, so whatever happens, happens. No, I'm I'm still very competitive. Uh, but, I mean, it has been something that I've always, you know, wanted to take my team there. And now that we're here, especially during the 2020 season, like, you know, we're playing for something that's so much bigger than us. It's so much bigger than basketball. I think it's, it goes to show that, you know, we have the talent to get there. It's just a matter of, okay, now how can we strategize and win games? So, it's been a lot of fun. Honestly, I've just enjoyed it. Uh, the bubble's kind of, you have your highs and lows, but at the end of the day, you know, you're playing for something that's bigger than me and, and basketball, so it's, it's not bad. You know, Asia, I've been paying attention to you for a couple of years now, especially since we played in that celebrity all-star game together. Um, <laughs> how, how, do you, how do you compartmentalize or how do you think about everything that's happened this year? Obviously, you guys are, basketball is still the thing. You're down 0-2. That's tough, but so much has happened. Yeah, uh, I mean, a lot has happened. Um, just thinking about just when we, I left NBA All-Star in February and just everything just shut down and things went crazy. So it has been super tough. Um, I mean, I'm very family-oriented, and so that's what I really lean on. You know, my inner circle the most. Uh, I became a dog mom of two now. So they really kind of helped me in, in, around and just helped me get a better understanding of just, you know, taking my mind off of different stuff. And I know it's, it's super hard, uh, just, you know, breaking things down and giving energy where it should be and not necessarily where it shouldn't be. And I think that's the biggest thing that 2020 has taught me. It's just like prioritizing my life, uh, knowing who matters the most. If that means I can call my parents every single day and check on them, I'm going to do that. Um, because, you know, you just never know. So much has happened this year. So I just find different ways and I just really just 
lean on my inner circle more than anything to help me get through, you know, tough times like what we're going through right now. It's well said, especially when you think about the fact that sometimes we have to have a moment like this in our country to realize what's really important. Sometimes it really hits you when it's like that. We're talking to Asia Wilson of the Las Vegas Aces, the WNBA's MVP this year, all WNBA first team, awesome college player, big chance tomorrow to save her season along with the Aces on ESPN at 7 Eastern. They've made it all the way to the WNBA finals. Last thing for you, we've been hearing so much about what it's like with the men in the NBA bubble uh, in Orlando near Disney World. You guys are in Bradenton, Florida at the IMG Academy um, with your bubble. What's it been like being in the WNBA bubble? Um, uh, well, I mean, the only thing that I can kind of compare it to is just like, I just remember going to Colorado Springs for USA Trials, uh, and it's just like the Olympic Training Center, <laughs> and I feel like that's what it seems like. Uh, it seems like I'm just in college. Honestly, I just can't go anywhere. Uh, it's I mean, it's nothing to do. I really haven't done anything, I guess, because, you know, you're playing every other day. Uh, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, I just kind of kick in and watch Netflix. and just I just feel like I'm, I've been in quarantine um, more than just two weeks now. It's just been a couple of months. So, I don't know. I, the NBA bubble seems like it's pretty nice. And I'm not going to knock ours at all because I know a lot of work went into it. Uh, but, you know, you're just here just to play the game. <laughs> Win that championship and get back home. Yeah, you have another yeah, chance you, tomorrow yeah. night to keep your season going. <laughs> hey, best of luck tomorrow against the Seattle Storm. We'll be watching 7 Eastern on ESPN, one of the WNBA's best, Asia Wilson. Thank you, Asia. Thanks, Asia. Thank you. Guys, yeah, one man. quick note. Go ahead. I was going to say, being in them bubbles, it's got to be like a extended training camp, right? Because mm-hmm. I just – could think being in training camp after the first couple of weeks, it's like, man, I got to get up out of here. Well, that's the thing, too. I mean, you're leaving family. Obviously, the country's going through a lot of different things. Right. You know, I, I know protection is an illusion, but still, you like to be there to be around your family. So it has to be challenging for all these athletes to continue to play their sports, people in general right now. Yeah, as Asia said, the only thing she could compare it to is another practice sort of environment yeah. when she was with USA Basketball in Colorado Springs where they train for the national I was just, but you know doing all this and I'm curious when we get to February if we can get there to the Super Bowl like NBA finals it's just weird it's weird like we're doing pregame mm-hmm. I want to be so hyped up for it energy but you just energy. don't get any atmosphere you don't get any energy around it it's like you're watching you know it's really? it's really high stakes but it feels like you're watching a pickup game no see me I I maybe cuz I'm vested in in the Lakers That's your team. team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yes. for me I'm like I'm ready to go. It's game time. It's like but regardless the of logos on the court, they change it so it looks like, you know, and they pipe in that noise. I doesn't change for me. Yeah, it's just different. It's yeah. different for me. They need more fans right now if you've been taking a look at the television ratings. They need more fans like you. They need more fans that are hardcore and ready to go. It's been a little bit difficult as all sports are down with the WNBA Finals tomorrow night, NBA ratings. We'll see. It's been a little bit alarming. It's something Silver had talked about even pre-pandemic. Uh, to the NFL real quick. This is for the Monday night game tonight between the Falcons and the Packers. This is Devontae Adams tweeting he's been battling a hamstring injury. Alan Lazard's banged up core muscle injury for the Packers. This is Devontae on Twitter. It's, quote, sorry, fans and friends. I won't be on the field tonight. I've done everything I need to do and proved I'm ready, but I guess I don't know my body as well as others. Good luck out there. My boys, this is uh, basically a winless team taking on an undefeated team, Key, but this is the undefeated team losing one of their weapons. They haven't had him here for quite some time. Any effect tonight? Uh, I, 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 look, it, certainly you would like to have him to not have him if I'm Aaron Rodgers, but I think Aaron Rodgers has been able to get through the last couple games without a healthy uh, Devontae Adams. So 
I don't see where it's going to be that big of a drop off um, for the packs. I think that they they're going to figure out how to get the W. Atlanta's, I mean, what more is to say about Atlanta, right? I mean, we know what they are. Yeah. And I, and I would say this, too. A lot of times I know players always want to play, but if you are preparing for the long haul, you want to make sure that sometimes organizations do the right job of protecting the players from themselves. I think this is a prime situation of that. And it's a Monday night game. I'm sure he wants to get out there. It's hype. You know, he, he's ready to get at Atlanta's DBs. He's watched other people cook them. So he's sitting there saying to himself, man, I, I want to get out on the field and take care of business, but he's not allowed to. Can you make any case – this no. could be a simple. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, it's gonna be a no. Can you make any? No, you're case not giving them any shot for Brian Hoyer and the Pats tonight oh. against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Well, if if you somehow figure out how to go to Pat's house and and kidnap him, then yes. But I don't think, given the fact that Cam Newton's not playing, this is one of those games where you're gonna see some stuff. And, and if if New England loses the game, it's not the end of the world for them, right? I no. mean, because the division. Plus, Cam Newton's not playing. It, it, they traveled on the on a short, uh, or they traveled the day of a game. You start to look at all of the different things that have put them in this position to possibly fail at winning the game, which what? they're playing Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes what is at that? home. Is that KC minus nine and a half? About ten and a half. Today. Ten and a half. Yeah, yep. okay. I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you take it at 20 and a half. I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the games tonight. A rare Monday night doubleheader in week number four. And we'll see you tomorrow morning. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.